Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. This is going to be a really fun show because I've got a really couple of great ladies on that have just been a dynamic force going forward in the outdoor industry. I've got both Jen O'Hara and Narissa Harmon of Girls With Guns. Ladies, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you? Awesome. We're doing good. How about you, Jason? Very good. Very good. I really appreciate you being on. Uh, You know, I've talked with you a little bit about seeing some of your episodes in the past and I really enjoy watching the shows that you guys put together. Between you two and your camera person, it looks like you guys really have a lot of fun. Yeah, Cappy is actually our business partner, producer, and cameraman. Um, his name is actually Emmanuel Cap, and he is from South Africa originally and now lives in the United States on the East Coast. And we met him at a trade show almost four years ago. It'll be four years ago this August. Um, no, actually it'll be in June. And then we started hunting with him in August. Honestly, he is like a brother to us and his wife, Chantel does all of our production, helps to keep things together. And they are an amazing pair. And we're, we're really blessed to have them. Chantel is an occasional guest host on the show. And of course you see Kathy in and out, um, on different episodes when one of us has the B-roll camera and we're filming him. (laughs) We've actually had such a great, this is Narissa. We've had such a great time filming. We were just watching editing um, an episode for the new season and it's just funny to to go through these episodes and just laugh because that's what we have done is we've laughed so much and had such a good time on every single one of our hunts so it's really fun to be able to capture that and share that with our audience yeah it's the camaraderie and it comes through on your episodes it's definitely visible yeah and you know i think that's one of the things that makes it a really easy fit for us nurse and i are best friends business partners and sister-in-laws and we just we're, we're a natural fit for each other and we literally go about our day on camera, just having fun and being normal. You know, try to do as much as possible in real time that we can because we are not actresses for sure. <laughs> as you talk about that, you two have really been all over the world hunting now, have you not? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's actually been an amazing opportunity. I think I was counting the other day, we've been on four or five continents. We are extremely blessed because of our sponsors that allow us to do these hunts. Um, We wouldn't be able to do this without them. Different outfitters in Argentina, in Canada, New Zealand, over in Spain, tons in Africa. Uh, We've been to four different countries in Africa. And I'm actually going back to Zimbabwe in June, and I'll be there for 22 days off the grid uh, doing a conservation hunt with um, near Lake Kariba, and I'll be hunting a Cape buffalo. That was where I've, so far I've been to Africa once, and it was nine days in Zimbabwe, and it's an amazing place. Aww. It really is. So with that in mind, as you look back on the hunts you've done, Narissa, what's probably the one that sticks out in your mind as one of your more, I don't want to say favorite, but more memorable? Jen and I went to the Congo. I was really scared of that. And I was scared of that trip, just the unknown and, you know, things that you've seen on TV or previous 
hunting TV shows. So there was a lot to play in that. Just, you know, our safety and, you know, to travel deep into the jungle, into the rainforest, totally off grid, you know, no cell phone, no Wi-Fi, you know, eating only the bare minimums and eating our bongo that we hunted, you know, just having all of that stuff, you know, there was so much that went into that hunt. And just, you know, from traveling from our little hometown of Red Bluff, California, all the way to the Congo was something that I'll never, ever experience probably ever again. And just that, that conquering fear and conquering myself and in my fear in my in myself. So, you know, for me, that was something that I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, just having that hunt was very special to us and to do it together with my, you know, best friend was pretty awesome. And we had, you know, about 10 people with us and you get to see gorillas and elephants and chimpanzees. So it was pretty a special hunt for me. Well, <laughs> what you think of when you think of Africa. Exactly. For sure. And, <laughs> and the Congo is a little bit of a different animal. Uh, most, I would, I would guess, 80% of the hunters from America go to South Africa or Namibia or Zim. We've been to all of those countries. The Congo was an entirely different experience. It was the jungle and there were no roads and we went 24 hours driving until we actually even hit a town. And we were in the middle of the jungle where a dozer or some kind of equipment, I'm not sure because we didn't see any equipment, had just cut through this jungle to create roads. And I mean, how cool is that? We actually broke down at one point and <laughs> it was a little intimidating to not have anyone who could repair it. Our driver didn't speak English. Cappy saved the day. We don't know what was going on, but all I know is that he was sucking either oil or fuel out of a line and messing with it. And the next thing we know, the truck's starting an hour later after working on it, and we're on our way to camp. Wow, an hour breakdown's not bad at all. <laughs> well, yeah. when you're in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone, no Wi-Fi, no roads, no towns, it's a, it, it can be a little intimidating. Oh, yeah. I could imagine you were starting to think in your mind, am I going to be spending the night out here? Yes, yes. But, you know, we were working on it. We knew that they were expecting us. So we, we were going to work something out. But, but Cappy saved the day. Well, and... In that same vein, talking about memorable hunts, I want to switch over to ask you about one that you did, Jen. Mm -hmm. And well, the Congo is completely a mind-blowing experience, it would be my guess. Tell me a little bit about when you hunted the lion in South Africa, because that was really quite an interesting episode. Yeah, that was actually a really special hunt for me. You know, I think everyone has that animal that they want to hunt. It's really tough because there's so much controversy today surrounding lions, actually cats of any kind, whether it's a mountain lion, a leopard, a cheetah. It doesn't matter. People are varied on their opinions, and sometimes they can be very strong on it and very, very cruel. And the sad part is that it's something that they don't understand. I didn't just wake up one morning and decided that I wanted to shoot a lion. It was years of understanding that, of traveling to Africa. I had been to Africa four or five times before I decided that I wanted to shoot a lion. Understanding how they are raised, the conservation and the conservation dollars that go back into it. And people just have such a different view. You know, one of the most important things is that absolutely nothing goes to waste in anywhere in Africa. 
There is not meat that goes to waste. No, we as hunters can't bring it back to the United States. But that's not our fault as a hunter. That's what our government tells us. So, you know, the antis will really hit on us for that. We tried to put together an episode that really just showed the emotion of the conservation and what it meant to me. And I think we covered it really well. I made a great first shot. It was an ethical hunt. You know, everything in South Africa is high fence. There's no way to dance around it. But most people in the United States on public land only hunt, you know, a 40 or 50 or 60,000 acre area, sometimes even less. Sometimes they don't even cover that. And those are the type of enclosures and concessions that you're hunting in Africa. So it is a very, very fair chase type of hunt. They are in a huge open remote area with other animals. The hunt was amazing. It was um, emotional. And I'm not really the emotional, I'm not the emotional one. Nerissa is. <laughs> and I had so much anticipation. I am not someone who really takes fear lightly. I, I'm, not, I'm not really a scaredy cat. I guess you could say I'll pretty much do anything, jump off a bridge, go hunt some of the uh, dangerous game. But I think I had never been in a situation where as you're walking in, this animal is, it's telling you, get away. Most people would get away. No, we got closer. And, you know, because part of the problem was with my stature, I'm only five foot tall and my pHs were all over six foot tall. They could see him clearly and I couldn't because of the bushes and, and he was ready to pounce. He, he was ready to charge us at any time. Several times he jumped straight up in the air and flipped around at me and I wasn't going to take a shot that wasn't a good shot or a side profile shot. So we had to get closer. And it's very intimidating to be 40 to 50 yards away from a wild animal like that. But it was amazing. I enjoyed every second of it. We, I'm, I'm going back for, it'll be the third of my dangerous seven. So I have taken a hippo in Zimbabwe, a lion in South Africa, and then I will do the Cape Buffalo in Zimbabwe. Really so It's cool. all fun. It's, it's amazing. Now, was Cappy filming that? Yes. Cappy has actually filmed... Every single hunt of mine and Narissa's, with the exception of, I think, one whitetail hunt and one mule deer hunt that we've done. And the reason I ask that is because, as you said, you're five feet tall. Some of the brush was blocking your view, and that's that's talked about and shown in the episode. But Cappy's taller. and uh, Cappy's only about 5'9", well, but my pHs are much taller. Yeah, there's some footage of that lion who keeps, as you said, it was telling you to get away. He was telling us definitely to get away. <laughs> and that's some of the best footage I've ever seen is he's he's not happy. So this is not some pet that, you know, you walk out in a field. This is a true wild lion, as wild as they can be in South Africa. And, you know, I think one of the things, too, Jason, that a lot of people don't understand, but if you've been to the different countries in Africa, another country where it's free range, you will shoot another Plains game, probably an Impala or a Springbuck, and you will put that in a tree or um, just basically you will bait the lion. You'll sit in a blind and they'll come in. My hunt was entirely uh, walk and stop. We had to track the animal. It's a completely different hunt. They all have their varying levels. And as a hunter, whether it's free range or high fence, everything that I do is fair chase. I would never, ever, you know, lose. I mean, the respect that I have for those animals is just unsurpassed. And I, I wouldn't ever do anything that wasn't fair chase. So, you know, kind of explaining the differences to people. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. I even had CNN headline news during the uh, Cecil. Yes, thank you. During the Cecil debacle. And I actually declined because I 
didn't feel like CNN would really give me a fair shot to sit here and talk about my passions for hunting and explain the difference between, you know, a free range, a high fence lion hunt. So it's really, we are never going to be heard to the everyday people. Hunters listen and, you know, maybe there's some people on the fence that listen, but these opportunities for us just to talk about conservation and hunting are, are really important. Sure. And I, I say that the unfortunate part is too many people think that Africa is like a Disney movie. And, and so not. It is nothing like that. And so, well, the area I hunted in Zimbabwe was low fence. There was no lions. And that's because all the villages around there had removed them. Yeah. And that's what people don't realize either is how much conservation each outfitter does for the animals and, you know, reintroducing different species. People don't understand that. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have things like elephants and impalas. And, because the poachers would take yeah, them out. and lions. Right. And I mean, we experienced poaching firsthand in Congo. And that's what's going to happen with the gorillas and, you know, all the dikers. Unfortunately, they there's two sides to it that I see. You know, a lot of them are eating them or you know, then there's, then they're not going to have them anymore. So it's hard to, but it's good to educate. It's good well, to educate and I and think help. too, as, as we're looking, we're kind of just to feed off of one of the things that Narissa said, which is when we were with Tolly's African Safaris, which is who I hunted my lion with, we went back to his home base, his home ranch where he grew up. I think it was four generations of Jordans in that area. His family was goat and sheep farmers. And because of the wildlife was eating and competing with his livestock, his ancestors killed off all of the wild game in that area. There was four species left. And when he decided to get into wild game farming, which is what they call it over there, it's, they introduced, and now I believe it's 24 or 26 species at Tolly's African Safaris that you can hunt. And there was only four species left there. People don't understand and that there is, if they don't have value, then sometimes the animals get put to the side. And, you know, I think that hunters definitely look after animals more than anyone else. And I'd love an opportunity to sit in a room with somebody who was an anti-hunter and explain that to them. Yeah, and even more so, I always tell folks that it's it's not the anti so much that we have to appeal to. It's the people that are on the middle of the fence. Absolutely, because, because I don't think the antis will ever, ever come to our way of thinking. Their typical standard answer is to get angry and, and to tell me that they want my head on a wall or to tell me that they hope that I trip and fall in the woods and shoot myself. And I mean, I could go on and on and on. And anyone who's a public figure in the hunting industry could as well, because we all get it. We get the death threats. And really, they're just keyboard warriors. I let it roll off my back. It used to bother me. It doesn't anymore. But I will take the time to stop and answer the person that is asking to be educated. And that's what every single hunter should do. And I hope and I'm sure they do, because all of us, you know, we need to keep hunting around. And we're in California. This state is trying desperately to stop hunting in every way, shape and form, whether it's our lead ban or uh, right now, you know, not being able to get most semi-automatic pistols. We now have to register our ammo. Uh, I could go on and on and on with the things that they're trying to do. So we all have to stand together, educate that middle ground person so that they understand about hunting. And I believe is not California 
the same state that will they ban you from doing, say, mountain lion hunting? There's then a problem, oh, so they yes, have to bring in professional years. hunters to, to reduce the population? Mm, yes. So no mountain lion hunting. Yet you've got a ton of them. So it's, Well, it, and you know, actually, I do. I, I was that girl that grew up on a farm in Northern California, actually more Northern from where I'm at now. I was eight or nine years old. And I remember my stepmom coming into the school covered in blood to get me out of school because my barrel racing horse had been attacked. Luckily, it was a cub. My dad got a depredation permit. This, my horse was in the property because we were able to backtrack and track her. She had almost a thousand stitches and she was never the same. I was never the same. I mean, it devastated me. I ended up barrel racing on her until I was 18 years old, but um, her flexibility, it almost killed her. She had bad knees where she'd gone down in the rocks trying to buck the mountain lion off. And, you know, the fishing game at the time, they came out and they said, if that had been a full-grown mountain lion. My horse would have been dead. It is the same exact route that I rode my horse every afternoon after school. It was right near the pond that my sister and I would take our horses to, wrap the, the reins around a tree, and jump in and go for a swim. So we have a problem, and I'm 37 years old. So, you know, I mean, this was 28 years ago. So imagine the problem we have today. And it's such a shame because by easily managing them, it's a successful revenue source for the state, keeps the animals in check, and solves a, a want. There's hunters in California that want to hunt these animals. Yeah. No, I agree. So now tell me a little bit about, because the name Girls With Guns is not the name that your show started at. So where would most people, if they want to go out, if the listeners want to go out and watch your episodes, where can they do that? We actually have a link to Carbon TV, which we can share with you, uh, Carbon TV is going to be your best bet to start from season one. Originally, our show was called Universal Huntress. That was for three, four, three seasons because yeah. we're in season four now. Yeah. Nurse and I um, own Girls with Guns Clothing. Our clothing was one of the primary focuses along with our other sponsors. We just felt like it was a good fit to change the name to Girls with Guns TV and uh, we'll make sure that you get a link so that people can click on start from season one all the way to season three. Season four starts at the last week in June in on the Pursuit Channel, and it goes for 13 weeks with all 13 brand new episodes and lots of fun surprises. Tell me a little bit about the Girls With Guns clothing line, because that's really an item that's come on strong in the last eight to 10 years has been hunting clothing specifically for women. And tell me a little bit about Girls With Guns clothing. Sure, this is Narissa. Um, we actually started in my garage about eight years ago. Since then, we've we've taught ourselves quite a bit, you know, import-export. We've jumped on a plane and went to China and learned about manufacturing. We still have a lot to learn, and we're learning every day something new. Since then, we've grown, and we have about 11 employees here in Red Bluff, California. And we have a manufacturer production team in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, we're still been going strong. We have about what we're in about a few chains now, Cabela's, Sportsman's Warehouse, Shields, 
and a lot of mom pop stores. Mm-hmm. We're we're in those now, and we've grown and went from licensing. We're now licensing with Muck Boots and Montana Silversmith. Montana Silversmith, and and one of the things that people can look for about Girls with Guns clothing is a varied variety of items. So Girls with Guns is about women in the outdoors. It's about empowering women. It is not just a clothing brand. So you can get our athletic gear, which fits amazing, Nerissa and I. We actually are sponsored by Wilderness Athlete, and we focus on, um, you know, our athletic side of it, um, our supplements and our training for our hunts. So we started creating athletic gear we have a variety of hats, uh, great hats, all made by uh, the Outdoor Cap. We're really proud to be partnered with them. We also have a logo t-shirt program, which is like our brand program, which is more of your loose-fitting t-shirts with graphic designs. That's coming out brand new in 2017, amazing price point of $14.99 for really great quality tees. Then you move into our fashion pieces, which it could be an urban jacket that um, that's an urban camo or a nice piece that shows your love for the outdoors, but that you're able to wear to a dinner party and still be that outdoorsy girl who has a little bit of lace, a great fitting top, but you can see that there's a buckhead on there. And, and there's a lot of girls like us who do like to have that, you know, with their fashion pieces. Then our technical hunting gear, which is actually where my passion lies, is really, really stepped up and improved uh, Narissa and I, with filming the TV show, we are able to be in our gear a minimum of 100 days a year. So you're going to find every single thing that's wrong with it, and you're going to fix it. So the samples come to us a year in advance before they get launched to the public. Narissa and I hunt with them in the previous season while we're filming. We're able to field test it make changes along the way, and perfect it. And this isn't gear that gets created. It actually gets field tested by the women who design it, who are the hardest on it. The feedback that we get is incredible with the women who love our gear and can't believe that I won't even give away our trade secrets. But, you know, there's four things that almost every single customer says, I can't believe that someone finally did it. And those are four of our things that we've done. And uh, it just makes the product better because we are women, we are designing it. And, you know, I think that makes a big difference when you are actually hunting in it. You're just not trying it on walking around the office. We field test and wear all of our clothes a year in advance to make sure that it's what, what we want and what we would wear. And then you said you've actually been to China now to talk with the manufacturers. So it's fairly easy if you need to make adjustments. It's yeah, not a problem. Yeah. yeah. Since then, we have a team now that helps us with that. <laughs> oh, very, yeah. That's got to be yeah. nice. And the website, the layout of the website is fantastic. And Thank you. That's my mom. Oh, really? <laughs> my mom actually does our website, and she designed that entire website on her own. I helped with maybe 5%. I wouldn't even give myself that much credit. I literally suggested a few things. She designed absolutely our entire website and really proud that we are able, we are a family business. Technically, Nurse and I are sister-in-laws. My mom works for us. And to be really honest, every single person here in this office and warehouse is family to us. We have an amazing team. In our Red Bluff location, there are 10 of us right now. And we also have a Wichita location, which is where our production team and, and uh, manufacturers are. It's actually not our office, but it's our production team there in Wichita. And we're 
we just have a really great crew. Well, now, when you look at the camo pattern, so if somebody has not gone out to the website, which is gwgclothing.com, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes, uh, do you have your own camo patterns? Are you leasing well-known camo patterns or a little bit of both? Uh, this year, in 2017, we will actually have both. We have been very, very exclusive to Mossy Oak for the past five years. We're seeing a trend, especially in the West Coast, for a lot more of the digital type patterns. So Veil Camo has come out with a brand new pattern called Alpine, which is exclusive to Girls With Guns. And we're really excited for this pattern. We're going to be, we've been showcasing it since January at SHOT Show. And it will be coming out in July in our new hunting line and in our athletic. Oh, okay. So it'll show right up in the new arrivals on your website. Correct. Yes. Great. So that'll be, again, I'll have a link to the show notes and anybody can just go to the show notes, click right on it. It'll take them right to uh, Girls With Guns Clothing. That's awesome. Oh, and I have one more thing that I didn't want to miss um, since we kind of got off the TV show oh, subject. Sure. Um, that's going to be exciting that we're just getting started on. We actually have three new supporting hosts that are coming on. Narissa and I have been doing this for the past four years, and our company is growing, and we need to be home just a little bit more. The goal has always been to really branch out and bring in that younger generation, and we have three girls, all in their late 20s, uh, one of them who works for us, Callie Wolverton. She is our PR manager, and we have Heather Glennie, whose family owns a whitetail farm in, farm in Pennsylvania, and Cassie Garossi, who actually, they have a whitetail farm in Texas. She's been on Extreme Huntress and um, a couple other of the smaller shows. And we brought them together and we are going to be, they're going to start hunting this year. They were guest hosts in season four, which you'll be seeing, but we actually made them permanent supporting hosts. We'll be filming this year and launching that next year with all three of them. Oh, very neat. So what is the website? Now, Carbon TV is where your show is aired, but what yes. is the website to go and actually look for the show itself? I see, is universalhuntress.com still the main website that you use? No, it's actually girlswithgunstv.com Girls and Universal Huntress would, would just redirect you there. But we have a brand new website up. It has the Carbon TV link and um, I'll make sure that you get that as well. And you can go on there. You can see a little bio about each of the girls, uh, starting with Nerissa and myself, photos. We also have recommendations for outfitters. A lot of people, they really struggle to go out of country and spend that kind of money without having met or know the outfitters. And that's something that actually um, I work directly with our outfitters and help customers to be able to book hunts. And people who say, okay, well, if, if two women went to the Congo and did it, I know it must be safe. And, you know, they come, they ask questions, and we're able to put them in direct contact with the outfitter, get a quote for them, and really answer all their questions. Well, that's really great. That's That makes it less intimidating for somebody. It, it helps to ease it. I know when I went to Africa, it was just by myself. And so having that person here in the States that can kind of, for lack of a better term, hold your hand as you as you make that trip is really Well, and, and we've been there. So it's not like we're recommending places we haven't been. We've actually walked in their shoes before they did. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Well, very neat. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, probably the website. I would yeah. definitely say uh, gwgclothing.com. 
Uh, we have a button that is a contact us button. It goes directly to our staff, which then uh, would make sure that it got to us. And then you can find us on um, our social media platforms. So I would just say right now, GWG Jen and GWG NER. Got it. So uh, is that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine yards? Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'll have links to all that too, to make it easy for anybody to reach out or to follow you, uh, either one, both, however they want to do it. So, well, I know everybody's always pressed for time. I really appreciate the time you've given me. Uh, you know, I encourage everybody to go out and watch this show. The Carbon TV link makes it very easy. The equipment that you see, both Jen and Narissa using from, I mean, you guys have got great sponsors from Ruger Rifles to your girls with guns clothing. I mean, there's just a, Oh, can I give them all a shout out really oh, quick? Of course. I just, I, you know, one of the things that I don't know, unless you're in the industry that a lot of people understand is how important your sponsors are. And we would not have a TV show without them. We honestly are so, so blessed because most of the time our partners also partner with us in other ways um, in terms of licensing, like with muck boots, um, you know, we have a license directly. We sell muck boots that are branded with girls with guns. And um, we have Ruger Firearms, and we've had a great relationship with them. We're going on our third year working with Ruger. Amazing guns, uh, awesome people, and we're really thrilled about that. We have on our optic side, we have Vortex. What a riot. Check them out. They have not only amazing gear, but they are so much fun and they have a lifetime warranty. Um, our Hornady, Hornady uh, ammunition is amazing. Narissa and I both are actually trying to get into reloading this year and learning because they're pushing us outside of our box to try new things and do things with their equipment. So that's been really exciting. We actually just picked up a new company called uh, Spartan gun cleaning kits and it's a smaller company which is modern spartan systems yes but they've been really awesome to work with and we're able to you know showcase some of that on the episode as well as o meals i don't know if you know anything about o meals but they are literally replacing your food when you're going on hikes and hunts you zip open the bag any type of water whether it's lake water a soda. It doesn't matter. You don't need pots and pans. You don't need potable water. You put it in there because everything's separated. You seal it back up and your food's cooked in a couple minutes. Um, I've used it myself um, hunting in the backcountry on my moose hunt. Great food and it's it's awesome. Um, Kershaw Knives, uh, one of my personal favorites. I carry a knife every single day. Absolutely love them. Sportsman's Warehouse has been amazing to us um, as well as carrying our clothing. Mossy Oak, which of course, you know, we've been with them for five years now. Uh, we have also Coast Products, which is all of your uh, flashlights, your headgear, lanterns, everything that you need. Um, Wilderness Athlete, I mentioned earlier. And we we just have this awesome group of sponsors. Yeah, I we used to have Sportsman's Warehouse down here, and I loved that store. And they they did a little bit of change and to focus on consolidation, and and so they shut the one down here in San Antonio. And I was like, man, that stinks. I love that store. Aww. And uh, Mossy Oak use those Ruger. I absolutely love uh, Hornady is the same ammo I use, and I 
I took it to Africa and I could tell everybody the gun worked fine. The ammo worked fine. It was the shooter that had the problem. And uh, Hey, that happens. You know, there's like a, there is a five second rule in Africa. If you don't shoot in five seconds, it's gone. The cool part is there is opportunity around the corner, usually. <laughs> Literally. So, so again, I really thank you both for your time. Uh, I'll have yeah. links. What I'll do is also in the show notes, we'll put links in there that go directly to every one of your sponsors so that anybody can click on and, and easily go over and visit, whether it be Muck Boot, Coast, O'Meals, whoever. We'll get them all, make sure they're all available and, and very easily accessible. So again, I thank you for your time. I can't wait to continue to watch your episodes. I really want to hear about the Cape Buffalo. When you talk about the one dream animal, that's mine. So, Oh yeah, I hear that a lot. Oh yeah. It, well, and I'm mobility impaired. So I always joke with the guys that, you know, if the Buffalo, if I don't put a good shot the first time, run because you can all outrun me. I think that uh, it's definitely one of those things where I am training and getting myself ready for that hunt because being five foot tall and shooting a, a 375, I, I actually picked out a gun. It actually has a muzzle brake and it has an adjustable length of pull. It's the Ruger guide gun. And so that I'm able to really make it work for me and my stature, which is an awesome option for women who really want to shoot a Ruger. It is. That's the gun I bought. Uh, it's a few years old, but it was a brand new. I'm a left-handed, so finding them is challenging. A Ruger 375 in the Alaskan. It, it's just a fantastic gun. Thank you both for your time. Again, a great run of sponsors. Great show. The website for the clothing is great. I'll have all that listed out. And uh, you've said it all. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having us. That was fun. Oh, great. You guys have a great afternoon. Okay. Take awesome. care. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Come early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed. And hear those turkeys gobble. Ringing in my head. The winter rides bass boat. Here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we. Command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake, flipping jigs and Carolina rigs. From early morning till real late, bonfires on Creek Bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. Fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. 
Yeah, we can man the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here. We command the outdoors.